Boker Tov, we're continuing Parashat Sav, which is the instruction to the Kohanim of, of the things of the Korbanot that are relevant specifically to them. The, the second half of the parasha is then going to, tr- is, is going to be the inauguration of the Kohanim. Now, now there's, a, there's, a, yeah, there's a lot of discussion, there's a lot of discussion. But, and that leads into Parashat Shemini because in Parashat Shemini it says Vayi Bayoma Shemini. It was on the eighth day. Eighth day of what? On the eighth day, but we in Parashat Sav we saw the seven days of which was the days of the Miluim, the inauguration of the Kohanim. So that's the, the, the broad understanding of the Parashat. Now, now there is a lot of discussion as to as to where this this comes from. Okay, so so we already saw talks of the inauguration of the Kohanim in which Parasha. Uh, in Parashat Tetzaveh In the second half of Parashat Tetzaveh The first half was the clothing of the Kohanim And then the second half was the inauguration of the Kohanim But that was just the what of the Kohanim It was the instruction to inaugurate the Kohanim Right, the act of inauguration of the Kohanim happens now and At the end of Parashat Sav After the discussion of the, of the Korbanot from their perspective So Chapter six and seven are going to do are still going to be the korbanot, which is probably all we're going to get to until Pesach, yes. um, and then maybe with uh, Daniel on Cholamoyed, I'll be I'll be finishing Parshat Sav. Okay, okay. So Sheni Sheni begins uh, with the uh, let's see. Oh, it continues with we did the we did the korban Ola. Yes. We did the korban Ola from the coin's perspective. Now we're going to go to the korban Mincha. Now what's going to happen with the korban Mincha here is that. Not only do the Kohanim obviously receive the Korbanot Mincha from the person who's doing it as a Nidava, who is poor, there are also Korbanot Nidava, sorry, Korbanot Mincha that the Kohanim have to bring on their own. And the general rule, the only, the only basic rule is that when the Kohen brings the Korban Mincha himself, he can't eat from that Korban Mincha. It must be completely burnt. Yes. If only, the Korban Mincha is receiving, receiving you can... then he eats the remainder, which, yes. is, which is whatever was not scooped out yes. by the Kohen himself. Yes. Okay, by the better, this is the Korban of Aaron and his sons that they bring to Hashem on the day that they are inaugurated. It is one tenth of an ephah. Solet, that is ground fine flour. Mincha tamid, that's mincha. What does it mean, tamid? Meaning it's something that they have to bring every day. Yes. We're describing now the korban that's called minchat chavitin. Okay, because it's brought in a machavat, it's brought in a pan. And that korban mincha is brought every day. And machatitah baboker, umachatitah Half in the morning and half at. In the in the in the afternoon, it's very similar to the korban ola. It's like the the kohen's version of the korban ola or something. Okay, on a pan, right? That's why it's called minchat chavitin. Al machavat bashemen. It should be made with oil. Murbechet is a word that many of them farshim don't know, but it seems to be that it means it means uh, uh, cooked in water. Okay. Tufine, another word that a lot of the, the <laughs> Mefarshim don't know, Tufine could, be, could mean to be baked. Minchat pitim, that is a mincha of pieces, meaning that they have to cut it up into small pieces. Takriv reyach nechoach ladonai. It should be brought as a good smell to Hashem. So, how is this korban brought exactly? 
It is it is the type of korban, right? But but then they have to put it on the mizbacha mizbacha chitzon on the mizbacha ola, right? They put it on the copper mizbeach. So remember, we said there are, there are different types. There are there are types of menachot that they just bring as flour, and then they take a scoop of the flour and they dump it onto mizbeach. And there are some that they bake first. Yes. This is, or they cook first. In this, this case, they're cooking it first. Okay, that's the, the minchat. So they're not, he, they're sco- not scooping it in immediately. So whenever, because if they're baking whenever it, we said whenever they bake it, there is no, there's no scooping. I mean, okay. they, they, do, they do take a piece of it, but it doesn't work the same way because it's not flour. Oh, okay, 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 okay. You know, so they do take a piece of it. They're still in Azkara, but if I remember correctly, we didn't see that they take melokun so on the minachot that are that are brought, by, that are brought baked, that are brought cooked or baked. That's what I, if I remember correctly. But they do minchat pitim, meaning when they cook it or bake it, they don't. It's not ground. It's not flour. So there's no scooping. Okay. Oh wow! I'll take it. Mazal tov. Wow! 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 This is beautiful. You should tell yeah. your wife. She's amazing. Thank you. Wow! Wow! Okay. Um, so wow. It's beautiful. Okay, so when it is when it is fine flour, then you could take the kumtso, you could take the comments, right? You could yes. take the, the fistful. But if it's baked, then what do you do? Then you cut it up into very small pieces, okay, so, so you then, could take okay, so you so, could take so a, a fistful. It's, it's, you so you do the same way. You do the, you, you try to mimic the same thing as the as, as the, if you were doing as it, if with it your, with right your, when it was ground. But after it's baked, you would have to cut it up. That's why, that's why it's minchat piti. That, that's my understanding of this whole thing. Okay. Very okay. Easy, actually. And any minchat that comes from a kohen shall always be kalil. Shall always be completely burnt. It shall not be eaten. And that's the rule I, I, I introduced it with. That the kohen, whenever it's eaten, uh, whenever it's brought by the kohen himself, it's not, it's not eaten at all. Okay. Uh, chapter 6, Pasuk Yud Zayn. By the Ber Adonai Moshe God spoke to Moshe saying... Now notice, every time we introduce a new concept, it's, it's it starts with a new dibur. It's something we looked at. In all of Parashat Vayikra, we didn't, we didn't find, uh, we found Vayikra el-Moshe, and then only when it got to the Korban Khatat, which was a Korban that was involuntary, which is a change of topic, then we did a new Vayikra Adonai el-Moshe Here, because but, each one is a new mitzvah that he's saying Vayikra Right, right. I, I don't know why here it's broken up into so many different diburim, but we see that we're starting a new topic now. By the Ber Adonai Moshe Lemor, God spoke to Moshe saying, This is the law of the Chatat. And God spoke to Moshe saying, Speak to Aaron and his son saying, This is the law of the Chatat. The place where you slaughter the Ola, there you should slaughter the Chatat before God, and it is holy of holies to uh, it is holy of holies. Okay, what does it mean? The, the same place that you slaughter the ola, you should slaughter the chatat. That means that they are not the, the same. Is at the same the same place that you do the voluntary offering. Yeah, we said we said before that the korban by one of the korbanot in Parshat Vaikra, we actually said where it should be slaughtered. I think we said um, there was a different section of the... They, it was on the northern yes, side yes, of the Mizbeach, yes, right? They slaughtered yes, it to yes, the northern yes. side of the Mizbeach. So, f- 
from here, I think the Mepharshim say, if I remember correctly, the Mepharshim say that all of the korbanot must be slaughtered on that northern side. The same way Chatat, the same way Ola, and the same way the rest of the korbanot are all going to have that. Everything is slaughtered in that same Exactly. The slaughtering is all in the same place. Now, here's a question. Whenever we were in Parshat Vaikra, we did the korban Ola, we did the korban Mincha, and then did we go straight to the korban Chatat, or we did something in between? Shalamin. Exactly, we, so we did the shalamim. Correct. Why did we do the shalamim? Because shalamim is also, also voluntary. Yes. And then only after the shalamim did we go to the khatat and the asham, which are involuntary. Now here, in the introduction to the kohanim, not giving anything we skipped, we skipped skip the, the shalamim, shalamim, the shalamim yes. and we did the ola, the mincha, and, then so and now then jumped the, straight to the khatat. So what's going on? So the breakdown, because we're speaking to the kohanim, I think the best reason I heard is because when we're speaking to the Kwanim, we're speaking in order not of voluntary or involuntary, because for the Kwanim, that's it's they're they're there anyways. We're speaking in terms of what are you allowed to eat and what are you not allowed to eat. So the first, they start with the thing that you can't eat. You can't eat the ola, right. and then they talk about the mincha, which you could eat sometimes. When can you eat? When can you eat the mincha? When it's brought to you. No. When it's brought to you. But if you bring it yourself, you can't eat. Okay. When you have then the korban khatat, you could yes. eat it, but there's a restriction. It's Kodesh Kadashim. So you have to eat it where? In the, Kodesh, in in the, the, in the in courtyard. The, the last thing we're going to study is the korban shalamim. shalamim. And why is that? Because shalamim, not, not, in, not only could you eat it, but you could even eat it outside, outside the courtyard. There. Okay, you can so, take it home. And you can right, so, it so the order, when it comes to the kohanim, we're basing everything on the first ones are the ones that are Kodesh Kadashim. And then the later korbanot are the ones that are Less, yes. Kodashim Kalim, the lower level uh, uh, thing. So, so that's the, the breakdown so in Parshat Tzav. the nucleus and going down. Yeah, exactly. It's the, the same, same way, way, they, they, the same they, they way we, we constructed, the exactly. The, the same way we constructed the Mishkan from the nucleus out. Now it's going from the holiest of holy out, right? In terms of the, from yeah, the Kohanim's perspective. So when he was giving, the, 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 the teaching all these mitzvot, they were saying it from the outside to the inside. And, and it, when, when they were teaching the korbanot to the people, it started off with voluntary and then it went to involuntary. Yes. And then when, it's te- when it was teaching it to the kohanim, it taught it from the holiest items in terms to, of eating to, 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 the, the, to the least holy where there's the least restrictions. Okay. We did that. The, the, the place where you slaughter the khatat, you should slaughter the ola. Yeah. Uh, the kohen that that is the sprinkler of its blood shall be the one to eat it. Eat what? All the flesh. Because we only burn the fats. Yes. Of the khatat, we're only burning the fats. So there's only the one who does the... No, the no, no, I'll explain to you in a second. That's what the pasuk says. But yes, that's not but how the chachamim is In a holy place it should be eaten in the, in the chatser, of the, in the courtyard of the, of the, of the mishkan. Now, why, why, does it, why did it tell us that the person who sprinkled the blood shall be the one to eat it? What's because, going on? Because he eats, he's going to be one of the ones. No, who eats it. he's going to be one of the ones who eats it. Because he did the he did the korban. It wants the according to the to the chachamim, the pasuk is just trying to tell you, the person who could have been the one to sprinkle the blood, meaning, all the kwanim that are there get to partake in the meat and the flesh of the korban chatat, so long as they are pure, and that they with their purity they could have sprinkled the blood, to the. Exclusion of any Kohen who at the time of the sprinkling of the blood was, was impure. If the Kohen was impure at the time of sprinkling of the blood, then he cannot partake of the meat. 
right? So it's allowed by any Kohen who is there to eat. Who could have been the one to sprinkle the blood, they're all going to partake in the meat but together. If somebody was not it was it was impure, he was allowed as a Kohen to go into No, I guess not. So, so it's probably yeah, leave him, leave him. So, it's, so the ones who are there, they can all eat it. Yeah. Hamchateota the one who is fit for work. This is Rashi I'm reading. Rashi on the yeah. words This is to exclude the one who is impure at the time of throwing of the blood, who is not allowed to partake in the meat. Now, if you wanted to, if you would have interpreted it like we were interpreting at first, that it is to forbid all of the Kohanim except for the one who is throwing the blood. Then, it can't be. It can't be that it's excluding all the Kohanim except for the one who is throwing the blood. Why? Because we have another Pasuk. The other Pasuk says, All the males of the Kohanim shall eat it. In the so next pasuk, we say so, all the kohanim so, shall so eat then, it. Then it's a but so the ones that are that excluded is the ones that were not there. It's it's the ones who are excluded. The ones who are not there are the ones who was tameh and then oh, and then, then uh, walked into it, the yeah, mikdash yeah, yeah, yeah. after he was yes, purified yes, 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 or something. Got it, got it. All right. Okay. Very good. Next. Kol asher yigab yivsara hikdash v'asher yizeh midamah alabeged asher yizeh alei atechabes v'nakom kadosh. Anything that touches the flesh shall become holy. And anything that the blood of the korban goes on the clothing, the, okay. the clothing must be washed. So these are okay. two separate halakhot. The first halakha is that, let's say, and we spoke, of, spoke about yes. this with the ola also. Because it's Kodesh Kadashim, there are rules. If I have food that absorbs of the taste of this korban, let's say I mix my, my uh, the piece of meat falls into my pot. If the pot... Now it smells or tastes like the meat, then I can assume that the food that's in the pot has absorbed of the taste of the meat. Right? Meaning if the food in the pot tastes like the meat, then it is absorbed from the taste of the meat. So and now it all becomes Kodesh Kalshim. That's so the it's first thing. Now side. it can't be taken, it can't be eaten outside the Khatzer, and all the rules apply. All the rules that apply to that little piece of meat now apply to all the food that's in the pot. And then if you want to use the pot again afterwards, also has you, have to do, uh, you have to do, you know, uh, Hagalah and everything. Okay. The second law is that, in this Pasuk, is that if you have blood from the Korban because go on the clothing... Doing, because you were doing the Korban, the, korban, the blood yeah. went on your... Then the specific place where the blood went on the clothing needs yes. to be washed. Okay, that's a separate, separate halakha. <clears throat> okay. That means practically every time they did the Qurban, these coins they had to change their clothes. Right, and, 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 and the, the blood, why is it in the same pasuk? Why is it in the same pasuk as the, the meat? Uh, because, because also the washing needs to happen inside the courtyard. Okay? Oh, they were going to wash it. That place, this is Rashi again, the place that the blood went on on the clothing needs to be washed within the because sanctuary. It's because it's holy now. Oh. So that's why it's similar to the other law in that same pasuk, where you could happen with meat, in which the meat influences other food and makes other food holy, and you could have it with blood, oh, that, that the blood makes the clothing holy. Okay, so those are the two types of, of influence from the Kodesh, Kodesh Kodashim, or Kodesh Kodashim on other items. Okay, pasuk of Alf. Now, if it's a, if it's a, a earthenware utensil, that you cooked the koche kodashim in that earthenware utensil, it must be broken, yishaver. Okay, we'll see what that means. 
But if it's a metal, if it's a metal pot, or a copper pot, or, or anything that's not earthenware, it should be uh, uh, cleaned, or it should be purged, and then washed with water. So now we have two more dinim. One, one, the first law is on earthenware vessels, and the point of this law is to say that if an earthenware vessel absorbs of the kodesh kodashim, if an earthenware vessel takes, you cook, let's say, a piece of holy meat in the earthenware vessel, there is no way to you purge, can't, you can't purge impossible. any the taste of it from the earthenware vessel. Impossible. So the only way, in theory, to, to make use of the pot again, would be to break the pot, to, to break it down to its pieces, and then to reconstruct it so that it's a new pot, quote-unquote. Okay, so that would be the way to fix the earthenware pot. There, essentially, there's no way to fix that pot. You would have to turn it into another pot at this point. Okay, but the second half of the pasuk says, but if it is a metal pot, then there is a way to cleanse of the holy of holies within it, and that is by purging and washing. And we know this is going. This is to be the same as Haggadah today. So it's actually pretty relevant um, to our to our law to our you know preparations for Pesach. Now, all of the laws for Hagalah and stuff, they come from here. Meaning, we know from the Kodesh Kodashim that at earthenware vessels, you can't think, uh, you, you can't uh, clean them. So now, so now we know, <laughs> we, now we know that if there's an earthenware vessel with non-kosher food, and, uh, then, then you can, you know, there's no way to, to, to clean it. Okay. Pasuk Kafbet. Kodesh Kodashim Hi. Any male amongst the Kohanim shall eat it. It is holy of holies. Yes. Now any khatat, this is just the final point of this, of this piece. Any khatat that you bring of its blood inside the Ohel Moed to bring atonement, it shall not be eaten. Which khatat are you referring to? We're referring to the khatat of Yom Kippur. Yes. In which the blood is brought inside the Ohel Moed. We're also referring to the khatat of the Kohen that sinned. And we're referring to the khatat of the people that sinned. Remember we said those two khataot were in Parshat Vaikra, yes. were khataot that resemble the Yom Kippur in that the blood is not sprinkled on the Mizbeach outside. It is, is wiped on the Mizbeach inside, inside and sprinkled to the parochet of yes. the Kodesh HaKodashim. Yes. Yes. And whenever you have a korban, that the blood is brought inside, it is. that khatat is, the whole thing must be completely burnt. That khatat is burnt the same way in Ola is burnt. Okay. If the blood is kept outside, then it's a regular khatat. It's a regular khatat, and the Kohen partakes of the flesh as, as Koche Kodashi. But if the blood, if it's the type of korban where the blood is taken inside, then, that's it. then it must be burnt in its entirety, and that's this last pasuk. So, so this piece on the khatat basically taught us the laws of the khatat. Then it taught us what happens to items that absorb of the taste of the khatat, whether it's other food or whether it's other vessels. Whatever associated with Yeah, the, and with then the... once we set all the laws of the food of the khatat, we set the case in which the khatat does not even turn into food, and that is the holiest type of khatat, quote-unquote, when the blood is brought inside. Now, um, the next thing is going to be about the asham, and uh, here it's going to wrap up the laws. The asham is going to be the last korban that the Kohen must eat inside, must eat inside the, the, the Mishkan, so inside the courtyard. So that's going to be the last item of that topic. And then afterwards it goes to the Shalamim in which we take the food outside. Okay? Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.